Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 121, recorded October 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Grant, and in today's episode, Monkey Island's Security Lesson, 10 Best Lock Picking Blogs, Another Unpickable Lock Design, New Abus Fingerprint Lock, Other New Products, Events, Meetups, Criminals, Sales, Giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Full show notes with all of the links can always be found at thelocksportscast.com. First up, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, there is likely to not be an episode next week. It looks like I have about 10, 12-hour shifts in a row running right through the weekend. So I might be able to eke one out, but it's unlikely. So uh, I will try to catch up on the news the following week. And I would like to say a big thank you to Anthony, aka Terrell, for uh, the lockback bypass card that he sent me from DEFCON. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about it in the product segment. And it was a really cool surprise to get a package I wasn't expecting in the mail. For those of you who don't know, he has been a consistent contributor to this show for a long time, as well as being a Patreon subscriber. And I think we all owe him a big thank you for all of the work he's put in on this show behind the scenes. So thank you, Trev. First up in the news, Abus has released the Touch 57 Biometric Fingerprint Padlock. They say that the Abus Touch 57 is a weatherproof fingerprint activated lock. It has a 360-degree capable sensor that identifies up to 20 programmed-in fingerprints from any position, no matter how they are placed on it. Registering fingerprints is fast, as one of two administrators simply place your own already registered finger on the fingerprint sensor for three seconds, and register mode is activated. Keeping it there for 10 seconds triggers delete mode setting. So they claim accidentally deleting the prints is virtually impossible. The lock is equipped with a replaceable CR2 battery, and the stored fingerprints are retained even after replacing the battery. They say it has a hardened steel shackle and double ball locking, and a spring-loaded shackle that will pop open once it is unlocked. And I actually have hope that this one could actually be a decent lock. It is Abus. They do know how to make a reasonably physically secure lock and they didn't add a bunch of extra features like bluetooth and wi-fi and all those connectivity features it's just simply a fingerprint activated lock the battery is replaceable from the outside Um, i don't know if that exposes anything inside that could be vulnerable to some sort of attack but but i am holding out hope that this could be possibly a good quality fingerprint activated padlock I guess time will tell. We'll have to wait till somebody gets their hands on them to reveal them. And quite a bit happening over on Twitter this week. First up, a little bit of just fun news. Mouse of Madness tweeted, Playing the new Monkey Island game, was really not expecting a conversation on the inherent insecurity of locks with codes on them for key bidding. They're not wrong, just wasn't expecting it in a Monkey Island game. Hashtag Locksport. Anyway, pretty cool. Uh, the 
I don't know the full context of how this takes place in this game, but evidently at some point you have to go to a locksmith to get a key made to a specific key bidding, it looks like. And one of the potential responses you have as a as your characters is, aren't locks way less secure if all you need is a number to get a new key? Pretty quick and simple, but does help educate anybody playing the game that maybe uh, exposed key biddings aren't the best idea. Also over on Twitter, uh, LockNoob posted saying, what's that they say about the sincerest form of flattery? And posted several pictures of knockoffs of several of the products he's designed. And they're pretty crude knockoffs at that. Definitely not up to the same quality as the vendors he's been working with. But obviously trying to cash in on those designs. So beware, they are out there. The Some of the less reputable people are definitely knocking off designs from uh, several different designers and manufacturers. You'll find them on a lot of cut-rate sites, so just be beware. You're not getting the real thing. We don't know what the materials are. We don't know how well the patterns have actually been copied, so they're likely not to be as effective as the original. And one of the comments, somebody asked him kind of what he thought. He said, in a way, I think it's, for one, inevitable, sadly, but also it does kind of legitimize what you are doing if others think it's good enough to copy, if you catch my drift, so I have mixed feelings. And B-Sides Triad posted an update on their Twitter page saying, the event was planned to take place on October 22nd, 2022, but this has changed due to unavoidable circumstances. There have been many conflicts that have arisen which require the speakers and staff to reschedule. The meeting has been postponed to spring 2023, with the actual date to be announced shortly, is our commitment to produce a quality event for the community. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience that might result from this change. If you have purchased tickets for the event, you will get an email with instructions and options. Please understand our situation and make the changes on your calendars. We appreciate your continued support. So if you are planning on going to B-Sides Triad, uh, be aware that it has been postponed and there is not currently a specific date when it will be taking place. Uh, as such, I have removed it from the events meetups section of the podcast for now. Moving on to videos. This one actually came up in a different context. Uh, Terrell was sending me a link to one of the songs in the DEFCON 30 soundtrack, which I think I had covered in a previous episode. But also in that uh, there was a comment by one of the the creators of that and they mentioned a video which is kind of a a music video but also a how to pick a lock with paper quick video the video was entitled sulfur never stop learning official music video pick a lock with paper clips and quarters and they do demonstrate how to create some makeshift picks and tensioner out of paper clips and demonstrate their use on an actual front door lock in case you've locked yourself out of your apartment. And while it is picking a lock that is in use, they do put a disclaimer in the description of the video letting you know that you can damage and wear your locks by picking them and absolutely do not pick locks you don't own. And LockNoob has a new video up called Unpickable Lock, the Coaxial Lock by Andy Pugh. He said, in the description says, another beautiful and clever design for an unpickable lock. Do you think you could pick it? 
Can you see a way? Let us know. It's an interesting design that's really hard to describe on a podcast, so I will leave it to you to go check it out on Lock Noob's video where he has some 3D renderings and he also guts the lock to show you how it works. Not sure it would be completely unpickable, but it would at least be extremely difficult if you could find a way. In a video I came across on my feed this week from New England Wireless and Steam Museum was about a cordless cannonball safe. And this thing is a monster. This is not your normal cannonball safe. This thing is huge. The description says, the cordless steam engine company made more than just steam engines. Here's a behind-the-scenes look at the museum at the cordless cannonball safe hidden away in the basement. It's an interesting design with ornate artistry and craftsmanship a truly unique piece. And what I find totally fascinating about this particular safe is it is a cannonball safe in that it is almost completely round on the exterior and the front door has two combination locks on it. And when you unlock it, it pushes in to the lock. It doesn't swing out. It pushes in and then rotates around So you can see the backside of the door inside the lock with its two individual combination locks and two individual time locks. And then that whole assembly with the door folded into it rotates like a lazy Susan inside the safe with multiple compartments inside of it. So when this thing is locked up, there are no exposed hinges anywhere on this thing. Kind of cool and different design and really, really unique. And what amazes me is how old this thing looks and how easy the door swings and the the assembly inside rotates around. He doesn't seem to be having to put a lot of effort into rotating things around as old as that safe is. Just very cool. They do say that there's at least one or two compartments in there. Um, Some of those have their individual combination locks and they don't have the combination for all of them. If you happen to be in the area and you're a, a safe tech or somebody with enough expertise, maybe maybe stop by and offer to help them uh, decode them. Non-destructively, of course. It's a beautiful old safe. And if you check out the video, make sure you check out the comments. There's at least one person in the comments that has some more information about the, this particular model of safe. Definitely worth checking that out while you're there. Last week, I mentioned Lockpicking Cuber had made a video uh, gutting the digs alpha lock. I had uh, failed to notice that HV Logic had also made an unboxing gut and reassembly video of the digs alpha. He was evidently the first to release a gutting video on the alpha lock, and I totally missed it. So thanks to Pixmith for pointing that out, and I will have a link to uh, HV Logic's video in the show notes. And when that was pointed out to me, HV Logic also pointed out that. Uh, Digby, Lock and Tool, or Digs, the creator of the lock, had filmed a video for Alpha customers that shows how to go about properly gutting the lock. So that is definitely worth checking out. Shows how he went about it, which uh, looks like it would make it a lot easier than the way everybody has been doing it. And iFisk sent in a link to a blog post, ironically, that is called 10 Best Lock Picking Blogs and Websites. And this was posted to feedspot.com on September 21st. And it says the best lockpicking blog list curated from thousands of blogs on the web and ranked by traffic, social media followers, domain authority, and freshness. 
And the list has, let's see, number one, Pick Pals. Number two, Hackaday Lockpicking Hacks. Number three, Bosnian Bills Lock Lab. Number four, Association of Czech Lockpickers. Number five, Tools Black Bag. Number six, Art of Lockpicking. Number seven, Smart Lockpicking. Number eight, Hobby Lockpicking. And evidently, that's it. So the 10 best blogs are really eight. So they evidently only know about eight. There is a link if somebody has a blog and they're interested, there's a link at the top for submit your blog for free. And you might be able to get on this list because evidently they don't have enough to fill it. At the very end, it also included a section called lockpicking blog topics. And it says, here's a list of the most popular lockpicking blog post categories and topics to write about. And it's actually not topics. The topics are people. And what I found interesting is, number one, most popular lockpicking blog post category is entitled Lock Noob, who actually beat out LPL. So it goes Lock Noob, LPL, Talon Pick, Andy Mack, Artichoke 2000, Daz Evers, and then Lockpicking. Daz comes again below uh, Lockpicking. So he has two sections there. And as I announced early in the show, uh, Anthony, a.k.a. Cherell, was kind enough to send me unannounced a lock bypass or locksmithing wallet card that he picked up at DEF CON. And this is pretty cool. It is the uh, Physical Security Village 27-in-1 wallet lock bypass slash locksmithing card. And it says it was designed by, and I apologize, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a Karen, and the last name is NG. I'm never sure how to pronounce that, so I'm not even going to insult anybody by trying. And uh, Bill Graydon. And it came with this uh, handy little sheet that explains all of the different features of the card. I'm just going to go over a quick list here. It has a large latch slip, small latch slip, latch shove, general key gauge, schlage key gauge, medico key gauge, quick set key gauge, pin gauge, wire gauge, tubular key gauge, medico biaxial fore and aft gauge, grid for key photographing, keyway photographing hole and lanyard hole, level slash plumb bob, spanner screwdriver, three eighths inch wrench, quarter inch wrench, ruler, compass, protractor, medical pin angle reference, tension wrench, tubular tension wrench, terminal block jumper, C-clamp remover, rim and mortise cylinder drilling jig, and RFID blocker. Pretty cool. A lot of stuff going on with this little card. And the only thing I would say is there are some really small little bits on here for like the spanner and stuff like that. And one thing I've noticed is that what this card is made out of is kind of bendy, not as in like flexing bending, but actually bends and stays bent. And that could be a problem with some of these small little screwdriver, like the spanner bit, which is really tiny little protrusions, might be an issue with any real use. Other than that, really cool and really like it. So thank you for sending that to me. I really, really appreciate it. It was a really nice surprise to to get that in my mailbox and snake on his youtube channel has done a review of land spy key products and is also doing a giveaway of some of those which i will mention the giveaway section but uh, land spy key is making a bunch of 3d printed locksport 
accessories and selling them on an Etsy shop. And in this review, Snake covers the bare metal pick stand, full Euro cylinder stand, pinning trays, upright tension holder, the Euro vice holder, hand vice, and desk vice. And if you are interested, I will have a link to that review video as well as the Etsy shop that those items are sold under in the show notes. Barebones Lock Picking has put out some new pick handles that they call the Bone Skin. They say that they have this new product that's called the Bone Skin, which is a smaller reusable handle compared to the larger femur. They say it is a reusable handle which binds to the lock pick handle with three O rings and a rubber slash foam strip on the inside face of the handle that grips the lock pick surface to prevent forward and back movement while picking a lock. Although sized to fit bare bones and lock lock tools Valerian picks, it can be used with other pick manufacturers with some lateral movement. They say that the handle started as an inquiry from Alpama, Alpama, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Australian Lockpickers Discord user, who was looking for a smaller reusable handle other than the femur. After some thought and head scratching, a previous O-ring handle designed from Depenne seemed to be the perfect match, and further discussions with Depenne shaped the design. So they say a big thank you to Alpama for raising the question and to Depenne for sharing the knowledge and experience. And Southard Lockpicks has announced that their 10-pin tubular lock now has the improved design with the removable guide pin. So now in addition to the 7 and 8-pin versions, they have the 10-pin tubular lockpick, all of which have the new solid, removable, and replaceable guide pins. And those are what are available to purchase on their site. If you've been looking for a source for some lock picking t-shirts, tpublic.com has some specifically designed with lock picking in mind. They kind of appear to be fairly generic hobby types with lock picking inserted, a lot of them, but not all of them. So if you're looking for some shirts to share your love of lock picking, then you can head over there and check those out. Moving on to events and meetups. A lot of these are actually hacker conventions, but I try to stick to ones that specifically have declared that they have some sort of lockpicking village or physical security content somewhere in the conference. And in roughly chronological order, we start with the Dallas Hackers Association, and that will be on Wednesday, October 5th, GERCON Cybersecurity Summit and Hacker Conference, October 13th through the 14th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Yankee Security Convention taking place in Springfield, Massachusetts on October 19th through the 23rd. Let's see, DEFCON, uh, DC 207 taking place at the John Mitchell Center, Gorham, Maine, I believe. Secure WV October 21st through the 22nd at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center in Charleston, West Virginia. Blocktoberfest at the Pumping Station 1 Hackerspace in Chicago on October 22nd. St. Con 2022, Provo, Utah, October 25th through the 28th. B-Sides Charleston in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, November 19th. 
Pacific Hackers Conference 2022, November 18th and 19th, the Hacker Dojo in Mountain View, California. One new Lockpicker United belt this week. That is a red belt going to MC. So congratulations to you, MC, on your brightly colored new red belt. Enjoy it while it lasts, because you kind of if you have your Discord in dark mode, you disappear when you get a black belt. And Norlin posted the latest stats from the Discord and Reddit. And we'll start with the Discord here. There are 183 white belts, 304 yellow belts, 632 orange, 363 green, 184 blue, 108 purple, 61 brown, 46 red, and 99 black. We are almost to 100 black belts on the Discord. That's quite a milestone. Moving on to the Reddit, keep in mind that some of these overlap, so but not all kind of hard to know for sure exactly where that is but the current stats are 989 white 1618 yellow 2083 orange 732 green 248 blue 116 purple 68 brown 42 red and 94 black for uh reddit has a total of 5990 participating in the lock pictures united belt system so if you don't know what the Lockpickers United belt system is and you are curious, there are lots of links in the show notes to different videos and uh, pages with the rules if you want to check it out. All right, now time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Uh, start off with the financial supporters. So we've got the subscribers on Patreon and Subscribestar. We have Jimmy Longs, Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Trill, aka Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Lock, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, and Snake. Thank you to all of you for your support. And the content producers for this episode, the people that actually sent in the news that we are covering, first off is Chief Content Producer, Anthony, a.k.a. Terrell, sent in the most information that was used in this particular episode. Other content producers for this episode are Barebones Lockpicking, DR, HB Logic, iFisk, Int80, Joshua Gonzalez, Knox Lock, Lock Fumbler, Lockheed Lockpicking, Michael Gilchrist, Picksmith, Snake, The Lockpicker 1969, and Tony Verley. Thank you to all of you for your support. So please remember that this show is only possible because of that support. So if you value the show, Keep sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would enjoy knowing or should know about. Send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. Leave a comment, thumbs up, review, whatever your platform of choice allows. Don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you want to support financially, you can through PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. I believe you can do monthly subscriptions on PayPal the way I have it set up. Kind of hard to find, but it is possible. But please do not feel obligated. Uh, Just keep listening and uh, sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information. That is the most important thing. That is the best way to support this show. So if you support the show with a donation or information I use on the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. 
If you have an interesting story about something that happened to you in Locksport or because of Locksport or because you're a locksmith, send it in to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or go, just go to thelocksportscast.com slash contact. Let me know about it. I would love to share it on the show. You can also send feedback. That feedback can be shared on the show or it can be uh, confidential, your choice. Just remember if you want it on the show, reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, and not just drama. Moving on to criminals. First up, we have Traffic Stop Leads to Narcotics Arrest. This was published in the Fulton Sun on September 29th. They say a Holtz Summit man was arrested Monday for narcotics violation after a traffic stop in Cole County. According to the Cole County Sheriff's Department, the Sheriff's Canine Unit conducted a traffic stop in the area of US 50 and Missouri 179. The vehicle had reportedly been seen at a residence where members of the Mustang Drug Task Force were waiting to execute a search warrant. Deputies claim that the driver was seen at the residence in question, removing items from inside and putting them in his vehicle. A deputy followed the, him and stopped him for allegedly making a lane violation. They say that as he was being pulled over, the deputy reported seeing him throw an object out of his vehicle. It was picked up and authorities said that it contained what was found to be methamphetamine. During a search of the vehicle, authorities reportedly found a black case containing several lockpicks. The suspect was formally charged with felon in possession of a controlled substance and misdemeanor charges of tampering with the physical evidence and driving while revoked. So no evidence that he used the lockpicks and doesn't look like he's currently being charged with anything in relation to the possession of the lockpicks. But there's probably a reason why somebody involved in drug trafficking would be carrying lockpicks, and it's probably not for Locksport. The next story was published by WKBN in Youngstown. Akron duo charged with safe cracking in Jackson Township. This is out of Ohio. It says two people from Akron are sitting in the county jail after being arrested. They are accused of safe cracking, which, to be clear, is a kind of generic charge that doesn't actually have to involve safes. Police say that the pair broke into slot machines at the Truck World Mall on State Route 45 last Friday and stole tickets from the machine. When they returned to the store Monday afternoon trying to cash the tickets, the store employees called police. While one of the suspects was arrested inside, police say the other ran from the store and was caught a short distance away walking along I-76. Both are due in court later this week. So there's actually no indication of how they broke into the slot machines, whether it was some sort of brute force method or picking locks or something else. Moving on to sales, South Ord has a sale items page with several things still listed on that, so that link will be in the show notes. If you go to Review Guru on Twitter, they have a 10% off discount code for Law Lock Tools, minimum purchase of $50 for that to apply. Barebones Lockpicking has a new coupon code for October. It is BONES15 for 15% off storewide, excluding Law Lock Tools, and that will expire on Halloween. 3DLocksport.com. All of your favorite 3D printed Locksport accessories are 10% off with the code LSCAST10. You can get 15% off at checkout with the code BUYMAKO at MAKOLOCKS.COM. 
And at UK, lockpickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Moving on to giveaways. Snake is doing a giveaway inside of his Land Spikey product review and giveaway video. To enter, you simply have to comment on the video and use the hashtag he provides, and he will add you to the drawing, which will be held on October 10th. So head on over there, check out the product review, and get entered in that giveaway. Barebones Lockpicking is having the giveaway Barebones Tacular Raffle over $300 worth of prizes. And using the term raffle could make people think that maybe it's a, a buy-in type thing. Usually, most people call things a raffle when you have to buy tickets. At least here in the States, that's the way it usually works. But this is a, a no purchase necessary to enter or win. They they clearly stay in their disclaimer that there is no purchase necessary to enter or win. Making a purchase or payment of any kind will not increase your chances of winning. So it is a what I would call a giveaway. That giveaway also ends on Halloween, October 31st. So head on over to barebonesLockpicking.com. Link is in the show notes for the giveaway page. Lockheed Lockpicking has still running the giveaway for 100 subs, and they say that drawing will be around October 8th. Lock Fumbler doing a giveaway for the 100 videos and 200 subscribers, and that giveaway ends on October 10th. Lockpicker1969 has been doing kind of weekly giveaways. I lost track of where he's at this week. So be sure to head over to his YouTube channel, link in the show notes, and uh, get entered in his latest. Knoxlox has been doing bi-weekly giveaways, so you can head over to his channel, link also in the show notes, and check those out. And CLK Supplies does their weekly giveaway, and you can find more at their page listed in the show notes. And that's it for the show this week. Hopefully I can get a show out next week. No promises. That's why I said at the beginning that there there probably won't be, but I'm I'm hoping I can eke something out, at least to get the, the highlights of the news out next week, but might be difficult. Also, a quick question. So I've been working on a um, digital, I don't know for sure what the proper term is. Uh, I've seen it called a digital dial magnifier. I've, I've seen it called uh, different things. Basically, it's an encoder that reads the position of a safe dial very accurately and displays what the position is to make it easier for manipulation for those of us with crappy eyes. I'm working on a a more advanced one that helps you graph and all that kind of stuff, but I have a simple version that I created with some very simple parts. I'm trying to refine the design and the code to make it just as small and simple as possible and as inexpensive as possible. And I was thinking about maybe posting a blog post with instructions and open sourcing the code on that. Uh, as kind of a something to give to the community. I find it to be very advantageous in helping to find those uh, small little differences that are hard to discern when your eyes get old like mine. So anyway, if anybody's interested, let me know, send me an email, drop a comment on the YouTube video or whatever. Let me know if there's enough interest, I might actually try and uh, write something up and, and create the all the instructions that would be necessary. There's, there's a few steps involved. It's not a, a simple, simple process, but 
It's as simple as I can make it. And thank you to all of you who keep listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who sends in news, links, events, giveaway information, all that stuff that I get to publish on the show. Really makes the show possible to have all that support and all that information sent in for me. Also, thank you to all of you that help pay the bills by helping financially. Really, really appreciate it. But most of all, don't feel bad if you can't help. Just keep coming back to listen. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. (laughs) 